0: Welcome to this market commentator podcast. My name is Rijk van Niekerk and my guest today is Donna Oosterheuze. She is the director of capital markets at the JSE. Donna, welcome to the show. Uh, the JSE is currently very volatile. Um, equity markets around the world actually you know, are volatile. Um, but in South Africa, we are seeing uh, an outflow from uh, foreign investors uh, and nearly 53 billion rand has left the country since the beginning of the year. Uh, are you worried about this?
1: Well, thank you very much, and it's a great pleasure to be on your show. The the market, if you look at the trading statistics that, that we produce, it shows the net selling by foreigners. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that that money has left the country. It could be that, that investors, foreign investors have sold equities and either moved to cash or moved to bonds or other asset classes. Uh, and what we've seen in terms of the makeup of those statistics is by far the biggest th- thus far this year has been Sab Miller. Uh, and ABN Bev. So there's clearly some activity that's linked to the acquisition of SAB Miller by ABN Bev. That's been the bulk of what we've seen. We've seen some, outs- uh, some selling, some foreign selling uh, of. Barclays and also Naspar's, but again, you know, Naspar's is a is a emerging market global play, and and trades in other markets as well, and also on the Barclays side, um, you know, we've seen the announcements and the intent there, so so that's uh, that's also event linked, if you will. Generally speaking, on the market as a whole, it, it, you know, we started seeing increased volatility. Around September um, last year, uh, I think they called it uh, the liftoff tantrum, when the market was really expecting the Fed in the United States to take action, and when it didn't, we started seeing uh, quite a lot of volatility. Of course, in the case of South Africa, that extended uh, and deepened in December when we had changes in our Ministry of Finance. And during the, the early part of the year, uh, there, you know, the year started out with expectations that we would continue to see interest rate increases in the United States. And so we saw um, increased activity uh, in the bond market, but continued selling out of equities. Mm. And what's happened is since the opinion about interest rate increases in the United States has changed and, and does keep changing, Uh, We've seen, and and I should say coupled with continued quantitative easing in Europe and Japan, investors have turned to a look for yield. And so we have seen some inflows into our bond market this year, Uh, but on the equity side, uh, we we still see uh, some selling happening on the equity side.
0: But, you know, in the South African context, the outflow of foreigners or the uh, the selling off of foreigners um, as, is seen as a, a benchmark for investor confidence in South Africa. Do you think it is an accurate measure to use?
1: Well, I, I, I don't think that the selling on the equity market necessarily is because, as I mentioned, they may be selling equities but moving funds into another asset class so i think it it you know certainly is an indication of of investor interest in that particular asset class and you know to the extent that you know investors uh you know got 40% of our trade on the JSE is by foreign investors. You know, it it is a very important component. I think we have to bear in mind as well that investors are, you know, on the one hand you've got the play of investors looking for yield. On the other hand, you have the concerns uh, that have been raised about South Africa as an investment destination uh, with regard to some uncertainty about sovereign risk ratings, with some uncertainty around uh, the political situation in the country and so forth. Um, but we, what's important to note is we've seen a very high level of trading, uh, since the beginning of the year. Our value traded, uh, in the, in the first quarter, uh, has been up 28% and the number of trades in the first quarter was up 17%. Last year, we saw a higher level of growth in the number of trades, and so the average trade size declined. This year, we've seen higher value traded, higher growth in value traded, up 28%, and about 17% up in the number of trades. So we're seeing larger trades go through, uh, and the value trading of trade going up higher than um, than the number of trades. So we're seeing larger deals. Mm. Um, But I do think that uh, you know, towards the first part of the year, we did see big inflows into the bond market. We this thus far on a month-to-date basis, uh, those outflows have been have been negative. But, you know, I do think that, you know, this isn't a proxy for balance of payments and capital flows, but it is a good benchmark indicator of how investors are seeing these particular asset classes at the moment.
0: Many South Africans are investing offshore. The, the currency has devaluated uh, quite significantly since uh, um, last year. D- does that have a, a direct impact on the JSE?
1: Well, I think the, uh, you know, the the volatility in the RAND certainly has had some impact and it's certainly when you convert prices of our equities and you convert, uh, you know, the, uh, some of the returns into hard currency and if investors are not hedged, it does give some cause for concern. But again, investors are globally are looking for yield and if you look at our market, Uh, on, you know, I'm looking just at the stats from up until yesterday. On a year-to-date basis, uh, our top 40 is up 4.2%. The mid-cap stocks are up almost 17%. Is that
0: in rand Uh, or dollar terms?
1: These are in rand terms. Uh, and the resources have had a very strong year. It was our weakest counter last year. Resources are up 25%, the resource 10. Uh, so we have had, um, in rand terms, good performance. Some some global investors choose to hedge portfolios and some don't. And in in rand terms, our market has performed very well. The rand has been very volatile, as you mentioned, uh, and very very much uh, sentiment driven. But we've you know we've got some some big liquidity events that are going to be happening in the market. Uh, as you know, we had the listing in January of ABN Bev, uh, and they've been making announcements in the market periodically about how the approval process on that transaction is going. So it could be that up to, you know, somewhere in the range of 160 billion rand could flow into our market from offshore as they as they buy those shares. Uh, and that's based on the percentage of the SABMiller Miller um, book that's held, the register that's held in South Africa by South Africans. So there, uh, you know, there are some very interesting uh, liquidity events that are coming up, but uh, I do think that, you know, to the extent that emerging markets remain a play for global investors, South Africa is going to remain a very interesting market. And I think that, you know, when you look at other emerging markets such as Brazil uh, and Russia and others that have traditionally uh, attracted flow, even China, South Africa, notwithstanding this, these issues, still looks relatively much better. And that's certainly the the market information we're getting from our large member firms and their clients.
0: But both those countries you have mentioned have lost the um, investment grade ratings from the uh, rating agencies. We seem to be on the verge of a downgrade. Uh, Are you worried about that?
1: You know, I think there are a couple of things that are very important to note. The you know, Moody's, as you know, was here recently, and they held their rating. Their rating is two notches above sub-investment grade. Standard & Poor's has been here recently uh, analyzing South Africa. And, you know, I think that a lot of, uh, of of anticipation around the the sovereign risk rating of South Africa has been built into asset class prices, particularly around credit default swaps. But on the other hand, I think it's very important to think about the detail. The South African bonds are in the World Global Bond Index, the Wigsby, which city uh which city has that index. And that index is based not on sovereign bonds, but based on local currency debt. And South Africa's local currency debt is several grades above investment grade so the concern that, in, that investors may have that if South Africa gets to sub investment grade and uh, South Africa you know would that trigger South Africa coming out of the world Global bond index uh, the answer to that would be no because the, the, the rating agencies are looking at the probability of default. And at the moment, it's the international rating that they're looking at. So those investors, and we had, you know, at the time, I think it was about 30 billion rand of inflows into South African bonds on the back of South Africa coming into the global bond index. A lot of those were were new investors in South Africa, global bond tracking funds that were tracking the Wigby. a lot of that from the Far East, Japan, and other countries. So, So I don't think that we would see a massive outflow on the bond market a link to Wigby. So that would be the first point because these, I don't think the, the local currency risk rating is at risk of, of sub-investment grade.
0: But we are seeing bond rates of around 9.5% in the local market, which seems like some negativity you know, is priced in.
1: I completely agree. And I think the uh, the, the, the risk premium, if you will, is going up. But I, that would be going up in, in the case of a downgrade, whether it was two sub-investment grade or just downgrades. So I do agree that the risk premium uh is going up. I think there is a view in the market as well that, you know, we are in a rising interest rate environment. Uh Whether or not the Fed continues to raise rates, I think there is some concern around inflation in South Africa. We're looking at most recent inflation rates of 7.3%, I believe, was the last one that came out recently, so there is a, a, a bias that, that we are in a, in a rising interest rate environment and then in that environment bond prices go down and yields go up uh, but and I do think some of that of course is, is based on a risk premium as well. but I do think that the uh, you know on the sovereign side what's the most important thing to think about is which investors globally would have mandates that might be compromised if uh, South Africa was investment grade. In other words, if you're a global fund manager, are you operating with a mandate from from a fund um, or or a collective investment scheme that says you can only invest in uh, investment grade countries? And to the you know to the extent that those mandates are out there, uh, we may see uh, some some capital flow out, out of the country if we do get downgraded.
0: I just want to return to the JSE and, and the level of activity you see, you know, the listing of ab um, you know, it has been a massive listing for the JSE, but other listings have been few and far between, especially recently. What do you describe, uh, well, ascribe that to? Well,
1: We've had six listings year to date, and, and last year we had 23. The year before that was, was 24, and in 2014, it's the first year that we had over 20 listings since the global financial crisis. So there are a couple of things that I would say. A lot of the new listings that we've seen over the past two years have been linked to some innovations we've made at the JSE. Uh, things like special purpose acquisition companies, uh, fast track listings from uh, overseas exchanges. And- and uh, real estate real mm-hmm. estate investment trust that's exactly right so this year we have seen some reit listings i was i was in london with one of our sponsors in january of this year there's enormous interest by other real estate investment trusts to list but a, a lot of the investors are waiting to see some settling in the rand or sorry a lot of issuers I should say are waiting to see some settling of the rand um, we do have a listing coming up on monday it's um bundling of that that's been announced by bidvest uh of their food business into bidcorp and we have some other listings in the pipeline um, but typically what we also see a lot of the listings happen later in the year because once they're approved there are a lot of uh of activities that uh, and governance activities that companies need to do in order to prepare the company to actually list. So, we know we still have interest um, and you know, we're hoping that we will see more, um, but in the meantime, uh, a lot of what we have seen has been linked to those three trends. Real estate continues yeah. to be a very popular asset class in South Africa.
0: Why do we not see more African companies or non-South African companies list on the JSE?
1: Well, you know it's, that's one thing that we're working on very hard. You know, we're working with other exchanges on, in, across Africa on cross listings. We're working with other exchanges across Africa on exchange traded funds. Um, and of course, you may recall last year we had a very successful listing of Choppies, that's right, uh, which which is a Botswana primary listed company that came to our market. They raised about 700 million rand. It was a very active order book. Uh, when, when that listing uh, came up as we opened the market, the order book was completely full the, um, and, the, and, the, and the share price got a, a very nice list, uplift uh, on that day. And you know, their, their purpose of listing here was to raise capital in South Africa, not just to expand their South African business, but also to make acquisitions in other countries across Africa. So we've been, you know, using that as an example to companies in the rest of Africa in terms of, you know, how they can capitalize and optimize the deep and sophisticated capital markets we have in South Africa to raise capital and and invest in other countries. So it's something that we're working on. Uh, I think that, you know, if you look across the continent, there, uh, aside from companies that are already listed that are looking at, at secondary listings, um, you know, there's not a lot of growth in listings across those, those uh, countries. And a lot of that is because of the nature of the corporate sector. A lot of these are large family-owned businesses, uh, subsidiaries of multinational companies, many of which are South African, by the way, and so forth.
0: Just back to the political situation, you know, Julius Malema marched to the JSE late last year and handed over a memorandum, um, and the message was clear that the JSE, you know, is seen as a symbol of white capital. Um, What has the response of the JSE been to, to that march?
1: Well, you know, we did reach out to all of our listed companies and communicated to them what we had heard. And I think it was very important that the JSE be present to receive the communication from the EFS. We passed the, the tone of that and the, and the content on to our major listed companies. And I must be very honest with you, we've been really impressed by the corporate sector in South Africa and how they've leaned in to some of the big issues that are facing our country. And, you know, we've certainly seen that recently with the efforts that have been made by Minister Gordon and, and President Zuma and the Deputy President and others to reach out to the business sector. To try to collaborate on initiatives that would a bolster our arguments against a downgrade, but b address some of these key structural issues that we have. Uh, so, so I think that there are you know there are actions underway. We of course most recently announced our um, enterprise development program for black brokers, where we'll be giving cash back to them to be able to invest in their business. And other companies are choosing. Avenues to pursue that are aligned to their business models. So we've also announced uh, changes to our empowerment segment. We've had um, MTN list their empowerment uh, scheme on our on the JSE. We've got SASL that's listed there. We have two more uh, that two more large companies that are listing their empowerment schemes uh, on the JSE coming up in the next couple of months. So I do think that uh, you know I can't say that. That the, there's a, this is a political connotation, but I do think that South Africans are, and cor- certainly corporate leaders, are leaning in to the national agenda and what needs to be done, not just to solve the structural issues in our economy, but also to help develop our capital markets and make sure there's funding available to
0: address the issues we need to address, mm. um, one interesting business is Easy Equities. That seem to, you know, democratise uh, share investments. It's a lot cheaper to buy shares via Easy Equities than a traditional broker. How do you see this business and and the approach they are following?
1: You know, I think one of the things I'll say is that, you know, we really would like to see more activity in our market by the retail sector. As you know, the activity on the JSE is heavily dominated by our large institutional investors, many of which manage funds on behalf of the retail sector, but the retail investors are are investing passively, if you you know what I mean. So we would really like to see more activity uh, by the retail sector, And, of course, that needs to be linked with appropriate levels of financial education and literacy so investors understand the opportunities of investing in exchange-traded products, but also that they understand the risks involved with those. Um, so, So we... I would say that is the first point, and, and we were very active with National Treasury and in the, the brokerage community in working on uh, the tax-free savings account that was announced about a year and a half ago, and we've seen a nice pickup in growth in those t- tax-free savings accounts. But that being said, I think that, you know, looking at easy equities, uh, is, is probably an, and just an example of the kind of disruption and fragmentation that we're going to start seeing in our market. And this is typical of what's happening in markets all over the world, where your very traditional players, uh, are finding new competitors, uh, in, um, that are being, that are being able to leverage technology to be able to reach um and and to some extent disintermediate uh, the traditional players in the markets and to the extent that they have a good offering uh that is affordable that is uh also um you know, weighs into this issue of investors understanding the risks and opportunities of the market, then then I think it's a good development.
0: Don't you think it's too expensive for a, you know, middle class individual to invest in the JSE? You know, the general or the rule of thumb is that you need at least an investment of 10,000 Rand in one particular share to make, you know, to dilute the impact of the uh, the trading fee.
1: Well, we're really focused on that. As I mentioned on the tax, certainly on the tax-free savings account, we have made some important contributions to the affordability of that. We've reduced the uh the system accounting uh charge that we have by by 66%, uh, which is the BDA charges uh for the tax-free savings account, and we've also reduced data fees uh to the brokerage community on those accounts as well. Um, so I think that we, we've, stepped, we've certainly stepped up. And in terms of the overall fees to the market, it's something that we're very much uh, attuned to in terms of the, the all-in cost to clients of trading. And, and it will continue to weigh very much on our minds as we as annually we look at our cost models and our pricing to the market.
0: Just lastly, uh, what are the key focus areas for the JSE at the moment?
1: Well, clearly, you know, I'd say first and foremost is really making sure that we are – Close to our, to our constituents, and that ranges from companies that are looking to list, companies that are already listed, and investors and investors, so the large institutional investors, and the retail sector that you just mentioned, and also the the intermediaries, such as the large brokers, such as the small online brokers, to make sure that we are aligned within the entire ecosystem, which is very well developed in South Africa and very well respected, to make sure that we're aligned and that we are. Really as you, as you mentioned that we're pricing our products appropriately that we're innovating appropriately that we are investing in the in, in, uh, in good technology that will help them uh, achieve their goals and that we are making sure that, that we've got the right balance between the, the commercial activity of the JSE and the, and, the, and the important role we play in terms of, of market regulation and the stability of our financial markets.
0: Thank you, Donna. That was Donna Oesterhase. She is the Director of Capital Markets at the JSE.